Hey everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Score More Fantasy Podcast. Here we are at the end of week one for fantasy football, and there are some absolutely crazy games this week, headlined by the ridiculous offensive showdown between the Saints and the Bucks. So let's dive in. First of all, I want to acknowledge I'm going to reference ESPN's typical PPR scoring, but for any specific questions I get throughout later episodes, I'll happily answer questions in context of unique scoring setups. And even later on in in this episode, I will probably address some who do I start questions in context as well. Uh, now, to kick things off, I want to touch on a couple things that most of you probably already know. Uh, number one, don't overreact. It is just week one. You you never know how it's going to play out. Don't overreact to the good or the bad because there's all sorts of things that just aren't going to stay consistent. Trust your drafting for at least one or two more weeks. You had reasons for picking the players you did unless you just panic picked and <laughs> then there's not much you can do um always put as much thought and time and effort into waiver pickups as you can i personally believe that waiver pickups are the thing that wins you leagues as often as as good drafting so it's at least going to help you get deeper in the playoffs beyond that i would definitely say if you are in a ppr league Make sure that you're taking in as much information as possible before you you pick a player or start them. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, you look at the Jared Cooks of the world getting 180 yards on <laughs> so many catches. Uh, that kind of thing I, I don't expect to continue, at least at, at that pace. Nine receptions, 180 yards, no touchdowns from a tight end is the kind of thing that you just you can't really trust. If you have a, a running back like, you know, say Deion Lewis, whose primary role seemed to be pass catching and then also had a great week of, of running, you know, you might trust him a little more. Beyond that, it's time to dive into... You know, kind of my impression of week one. Obviously, I can't discuss every player, but I do want to get a chance to kind of talk about my surprises. So again, I'm going to go down the list and ESPN's PPR scoring, and, and I'm just going to point to guys, the top three guys and the running backs and wide receivers that I was a little surprised to see make the top 20 cut and maybe even talk about some guys that didn't that I expect to get back in there. Uh, the top three surprises in the top 20 running backs are, for me, James Conner, Austin Eckler, and Deion Lewis. Now, don't overreact to the James Conner one. He's not a surprise because of his talent. He's just a surprise because we didn't know he'd be the number one running back for the Steelers at all this year. We also don't really know for sure if he's going to stay that way. I do expect him, at least as long as Bell has not reported, to continue and produce somewhat like he did. 31 rush attempts for 135 yards and two rushing touchdowns is, you know, something that you might have expected from Le'Veon Bell. So I don't think it's absurd to look at his production and think that he could continue doing that. You know, when you look at a player getting... 10.7 points, 5 receptions, and 57 yards through the air. He's not really heavily reliant on pass catching to a level that, you know, could belittle his potential production going forward. I would trust him to stick somewhere in the top 10 as long as he's got that starting job. Uh, Deion Lewis, I think he he was running really well. And, you know, only, I think, 8.5 of his 22 points came from pass catching. 
And so he's a guy that I'd continue to to rely on, at least as a flex, if nothing else, for the next few weeks and kind of see how that whole situation plays out with him and Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry has a good chance to be a great runner, but Deion Lewis, if he's also getting rushing production to the tune of 16 attempts, 75 yards, and a rushing touchdown, I think it's fair to expect him to continue being a really valuable back. So I would hold on to him. I would expect him to be good. If he's on your waivers, pick him up. I think he's about 95% owned, so not likely. But the only guy from that top three I expect to fall out of the top 20 is Austin Eckler. And for me, it's mainly just roll. He wasn't really a guy that I would have ever expected to have reliable production as a backup to Melvin Gordon. And for both of them to end up in the top 10 in the same week is a little surprising. But he did get 39 rush yards on five attempts. And he also had plenty of passes thrown to him. Five receptions, 87 yards, and a touchdown. I think you will want to continue watching that situation, monitor how he continues playing. If you already have him, definitely don't let him go. But I I don't think that I would expect him to do what he did on a weekly basis. If you're really weak or maybe in a deeper league, you'll definitely consider starting him at least as a flex. But that's something to consider. Beyond that, a couple honorable mentions. I think Chris Thompson, running back number five, 24.8 points. He didn't rush the ball much, but he did have some good production when he did. 65 yards on five attempts, which is pretty promising. He was good last year, too, as a pass catcher, and I am always going to look at Alex Smith running backs and expect them to have plenty of production. I don't know that I'd say I see him as a top 10 running back all year, but he's definitely, you know, a good option in that regard. If he's available, definitely go for him. I think that he could be a top 20 running back all year, for sure. Isaiah Crowell, I don't personally expect him to do what he did this week again, but he certainly wasn't bad. I just fear, you know, with a 62-yard rushing touchdown to kind of cap off his day that you can't exactly trust his production to stay at least at that 100-yard mark. The two rushing touchdowns definitely seem like a potential regression you know he didn't even have a single reception so at least in PPR he's questionable for me going forward and even in standard scoring I'm not sure how I feel about trusting him and also just remember you know you have guys like Saquon Barkley David Johnson Ezekiel Elliott they're all sitting in that 11 through 15 range in the rankings they're probably gonna work their way up as things kind (laughs) of average out so if you've got a guy like Philip Lindsay who's outperforming David Johnson you definitely don't start him over those guys now and then uh top three surprises in the top 20 wide receivers now I've got Deshaun Jackson Kenny Stills and Philip Dorsett Deshaun Jackson, especially because he's got a concussion, but also because I've always looked at him as a more bust than boom kind of boomer bust wide receiver. I don't personally think I'd hold on to him too long if anybody's willing to trade for him. I also don't think 
I see uh, 42% owned on, on the waiver wire. If he's there, I'm not sure that I'd bother putting in a claim. But if you're weak at wide receiver, I'd definitely give it a shot. The only guy from those three that I'm really convinced has a shot to stay in the top 20 is Dorsett. Um, hard to predict because you never really know what Tom Brady's going to do. But any guy that can be you know, a relied upon target for Tom Brady really has a good shot at continuing whatever production they were able to do and for him to have gotten you know seven receptions 66 yards and a touchdown week one I think that's reasonable to expect him to to be able to keep doing that going forward he didn't have just like a a crazy week or a bunch of long touchdown catches that you can't really trust so I like him the guys I don't expect to stay I think stills his four catches for 106 yards and two touchdowns just seems unsustainable uh if Tannehill stays healthy and keeps looking his way it's definitely possible that he sticks in the top 20 maybe even top 10 but personally I'd probably expect him to drop out of that range he can still be really useful especially if you need a flex option he's a little too owned to suggest as a waiver target but if he's there definitely consider him also there's a lot of different wide receivers through the past few years that you see him take off in week one and then disappear after week four completely you always want to be on the lookout for those guys but if you have someone producing and especially if they were already starting for you just stick with that hold on to it until it stops working don't be afraid to to bench the guy or trade him or drop him all right so let's go ahead and move on to my top waiver targets personally i would recommend going to roto world's waiver wire article um they almost always have really good in-depth stuff there and i'll only be able to touch on a few options at running back and wide receiver real quick but especially if you need extra options because these guys are gone or if you need a, a quarterback tight end kick or something like that they'll have a lot better insight into who's available and and if you should take a shot on them. For running backs, I'm not sure that I see any can't-miss guys here. Usually after week one, you have a big-time injury, and I think we got kind of lucky with that. But if you need any help with running back depth or a flex option or you just want a lottery ticket, some of these guys actually can be good in that regard, and I would consider taking them. First guy is TJ Yeldon. I think he's owned in 15% of Yahoo leagues. He is a guy that, you know, I didn't think he was playing spectacular, but after Fournette went down, it seems likely that if he stays down, Yeldon could have a decent role, plenty of volume touches for him in the next week or two. He might be able to be the guy that wins you week two and week three before Fournette comes back, or maybe it's not serious and he's not even worth a pickup, but he's probably someone that I would consider near the top of the the waiver wire pool if he's there and you need running back help. Past him, Philip Lindsay mentioned him before. His only real competition right now is Royce Freeman. Seeing as they're both rookies, I think it's fair to kind of expect them to keep battling. And they both basically had the same rushing line, 15 attempts, 71 yards. That's not the most amazing thing ever, but it is reliable production. And to also have a couple targets and get, you know, like 31 yards and a touchdown through the air, I think he's got a decent shot to continue being useful and past that you know if you have someone that went down or or just were already weak at running back he's definitely worth a look 
I think he's only owned in 2% of leagues. So go out there, get him if you need him. I think he's a good option. Austin Eckler, I already kind of mentioned him as a guy I don't expect to stay as high as he is, but he's only about 11% owned right now. If absolutely nothing else, he's a great handcuff. And if you don't have Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon gets injured all the time. You've got a decent shot of getting a a guy that's going to take over for a top 10 running back. I think he's worth a shot for sure. If you're worried about losing a waiver spot and you don't need help at running back, I wouldn't pick him up. But I also think that he could really help you. So um, at worst, surprise flex value from him. Even as a backup, it looks like he's going to get some some pass-catching opportunities. He got five attempts and managed to turn that into 39 rushing yards. So he really could be someone that you can trust a little bit going forward, even if Melvin Gordon does stay healthy all year. So I'd say he's worth a chance. For the wide receivers, I think my top target would be Philip Dorsett, probably. Mainly because, again, I think it's a little difficult to see a guy like Tom Brady throwing seven-plus targets at a man, and and you don't want to pick him up. If Tom Brady trusts a man, you just roll with him. Uh, Beyond that, I think Quincy Inunua owned in like 10% of Yahoo leagues. He looks like the top target for Sam Darnold after last night, and that's always worth considering. Any running back or wide receiver that is getting the most looks on a team should probably be rostered, even if you're only in eight or ten man leagues. Uh, Granted, if you're in eight and your rosters aren't that deep, then there's going to be some guys on the waivers that look crazy if you're in bigger leagues. But definitely want to look at someone like Anunua. He had a really good week, six receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown. That's the kind of production that, you know, it's not game-changing, but if he can keep that up, he's going to stay somewhere in the top 20 wide receivers I think it's pretty fair to expect that it won't drop off too much past him I think there's a lot of other good options there someone like Geronimo Allison could be good Chris Godwin or Brandon Marshall Brandon Marshall had a touchdown for the Seahawks and he's got a good chance to stay relevant I'm not mentioning Tyler Lockett over Brandon Marshall only because he's over 50% owned but if he's available especially while Doug Baldwin is down I'd give him a shot. Uh, Brandon Marshall after him. I do think Chris Godwin has a really good argument there. He's a guy that I think at worst is going to continue seeing some targets while Deshaun Jackson is down. Had something like three receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown. He was one of my potential sleepers, I think, before the draft. And and that's the kind of guy that, you know, he's not going to win you most weeks. But if you're hurting at wide receiver or have a bunch of guys on by, he really might be able to help you. Um, so now I want to discuss, you know, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast now is I want to be able to kind of give a a consistent daily or every couple days kind of forum setting for being able to answer people's questions. I know that stuff like the fantasy football subreddit has who do I start questions daily and that's such a great way to kind of get in there, dive in and have people that have already been thinking about it help you out. 
just like if you're using something like fantasy football's subreddit, I'm not going to be right all the time. So if I, t- if I give you the wrong answer, I probably shouldn't be held liable. But that's one thing that you can definitely kind of look at. And, and I want to be able to be there for people in this same way. So I'm going to respond directly to some who do I start questions that I see online in the future. Hopefully we can do something more like sending in through messages or emails or even maybe I'll do like a live stream setting. That way I can respond to questions immediately. For the most part, I want to be able to do this daily. That way anybody that has questions, I can respond to as many as possible. So feel free if you are listening and you want to send in a question, definitely do. I'll try to respond to you as soon as I can. One big thing to note here. I'm just going to talk about the flex position right now. Earlier, I mentioned that there's not a lot of reason to expect your players that you drafted to not be what you hoped they would be after one week. It's just impossible to know. So if you're thinking about switching out someone who was great in week one for a guy that you drafted in the top four rounds as a wide receiver or running back option, definitely don't yet and I I would say for at least another week or two barring injuries your running back and wide receiver starters are probably set now I'm going to touch on some some flex who do I start questions and let's dive in this one is a 12-man PPR Carlos Hyde Chris Hogan or Corey Davis um I am really high on Corey Davis He hasn't really proved that I should be that high on him yet. I would definitely say roll him out until the foreseeable future proves me wrong. (laughs) Uh, Carlos Hyde and Chris Hogan are both good options. But again, this is about me. I think Corey Davis has top 20 wide receiver upside. Hogan does too. Carlos kind of does too. But both of those guys, I think, kind of take a backseat to Corey Davis. He had a lot of targets, didn't haul all of them in, but he still had about 12 points PPR just off of minimal production. Carlos Hyde, though, would probably be my secondary option. And normally I'd lean towards running backs in the flex position just because I think it's usually easier to trust their production. So if you're questioning which of those two you should do, I'd just say roll with Carlos Hyde, see if he's capable of getting you there this week. I wouldn't stick with him forever. 22 rush attempts is really good from a running back, and he only had 13 and a half fantasy points, and I do think that's production you can trust, but it's not someone that I would look at as a, a definitive option starting over either of those other guys. Next question is McMillions with two Zs, 12-team PPR. Deion Lewis versus Houston or Demarius Thomas versus Oakland? They did both have great days. Again, I tend to revert towards running backs in the flex position, barring just having a guy that's amazing that I can't stand to to sit as a wide receiver. Deion Lewis, I think, has a really good shot at continuing what he did. Maybe not 22 points, but you need consistency more so than you need the top-end production from your flex. So I would roll with Lewis. He's a running back. He did well. He didn't just have passes that he was catching. He had some good rushing production too. I wouldn't think too much on that one. This one just says PPR. It's Habs 114. Need to start two from Hogan at Jacksonville, Burkhead at Jacksonville, Hyde at New Orleans, 
Lynch at Denver. This is a little tougher because there's more running backs. I think I would probably lean towards Hyde for your running back two position. And I'd really heavily consider Hogan as your flex. But I don't think you can go wrong there. I think they're all good options. I don't love the Jacksonville matchup since they're all away. Maybe lean towards Lynch in your flex just to give yourself some room to not have to worry about the Jacksonville defense. But other than that, I I do think any of those players are going to have a pretty good floor. Defenses can affect your guys, but for the most part, it's probably going to be fine. I don't think Jacksonville's going to completely shut down anybody. This next one is Lance VO3, 12-team PPR. Pick one from Marshawn Lynch, Sammy Watkins, Keelan Cole. Again, I, I like to to just default to running backs. Sammy Watkins was a guy that I was a little bit hopeful for this year. He didn't see a ton of production from the Chiefs' good week, but they also kind of didn't need to air it out all that much later in the game. They had the lead. So if he was a guy that you drafted early, probably lean towards him. Lynch, I think, is good, and he's probably a safer bet than either wide receiver. So again, I'll default towards the running back. Neither of those wide receivers is a bad option, though. This one is 8-man, 0.5 PPR. Who do I start among? Ajayi at Tampa. Bay Cobb versus Minnesota or Marvin Jones at San Francisco I'm I'm very tempted to say that it's a bit of an easy question for me because again I like to go with running backs but Ajayi is in a weird situation 20 fantasy points 15 rushes for 62 yards and two TDs that's the kind of thing that you you can't always trust two rushing touchdowns to stay consistent but if he's getting those opportunities near the goal line you want to kind of stick with him because that gives you a really good floor but beyond that he didn't have really any passing production so if you're questioning him Cobb and Marvin Jones are both good options I know Cobb had a really great week I don't foresee that being a hundred percent consistent but he's been great in the past and if he stays healthy and Rodgers is out on the field I don't think it's unfair to assume that he's a top 10 wide receiver so I would suggest going with the running back in this instance but Cobb probably would be my second option uh, this is 0.5 PPR Duke Johnson versus Saints or James White versus Jacksonville I think the Saints defense seemed pretty suspect but I also don't remember what Duke Johnson got up to he wasn't really doing much five attempts for 17 yards one reception for eight. Yeah, I, I don't personally think that I would lean towards him even with playing the Saints. James White has a, a pretty reasonable floor with Tom Brady throwing the ball to him, and he had something like 15.6 points. Five attempts for 18 yards on the ground is not fantastic, but he did still have four receptions for 38 yards and a touchdown. Usually that's something you can trust from a Patriots running back, but it's it's a little hard to know for sure. In this instance, I'm definitely going to recommend James White, even against Jacksonville. I don't think that one's all too difficult. Uh, 0.5 PPR, Jai Peterson, and Devontae Freeman. I really like what Peterson was doing. I'm assuming that's Adrian Peterson. Uh, and I, I do think especially with Alex Smith that he's got a solid floor he's gonna get some some red zone action and it's hard to deny that even at his age he's still looking great 22.6 fantasy points 26 rushing attempts for 96 yards and a TD I think that's pretty sustainable he did have two receptions for 70 yards that's kind of not but it's also 
less than half of his production. So he's a really good option. I don't know that I'd expect him to be the highest scorer, but especially if you're not even full point PPR, he's probably the guy that I'd lean towards as the best rushing option. Ajay is good too. Devontae Freeman, I don't remember if he's even going to be healthy, so if he's not, that's easy. It does look like his knee injury isn't serious, so I'd consider him. He's probably the guy that I'd most consider there if I trusted him to play, and I don't think he's super injured, but at least for now, I'd lean towards probably Peterson with a Jai second, and then if Devontae Freeman gets healthy, I might move him all the way up to number one there. This is one point PPR Jordan Howard versus Chris Thompson. I don't recall Jordan Howard having a lot of catches because he usually doesn't, but that's part of the reason I like him even more. Five receptions for 25 yards. It's not amazing, but it is pass-catching production that he really couldn't be relied on for in the past. I feel like he's got the, the higher floor there, and probably you invested some considerable draft capital in him. I'd stick with him for now. Jordan Howard for sure. 10-man, 0.5 PPR. This is James White versus Jacksonville, Michael Crabtree versus Cincinnati, or Tevin Coleman versus Carolina. AS3AN, he's already mentioned (laughs) a couple reasonings for this. I agree with everything he said. Brady will check down a lot about James White. Cincinnati gave up 300 passing yards this weekend about Michael Crabtree and Tevin Coleman being the obvious choice of Freeman's hits. I think that's fair. I'd go... Coleman White Crabtree in my own rankings, but hard to go wrong with any of those. Probably lean towards the two running backs first, and I'd personally go with James White if Tevin Coleman doesn't have the obvious uh, Devontae Freeman being inactive. This one is Hippos Kill People. (laughs) Marvin Jones Jr. at Santa Fe or Tyler Lockett at Chicago. I'm personally inclined to say I like Tyler Lockett's upside, especially if Doug Baldwin is hurt. That's where I'd go for now. Okay, um, I'm going to call it because I've gone through quite a few, and I will continue to be doing this kind of stuff going forward. If you have any specific who-do-I-start questions, especially at other positions besides the flex, feel free to message me, and I will get back to you as soon as possible or mention it on tomorrow or the next day's podcast. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, and this has been the Score More Fantasy Podcast.